tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi, everybody. Another edition of the Indian Wells podcast here on tennis.com. I am Ed McGrogan speaking with Steve Tigner, who's out in California covering the tournament for us. Uh, today is going to be the start of the men's quarterfinals. Uh, we're going to run down all four of those. Two of them take place today, Thursday, starting with Novak Djokovic faces Nicolas Almagro, and then Jill Simone takes on John Isner in the night match. Uh, let's start with the first one in the afternoon, Djokovic Almagro. Um, just two things that come to mind with these two players for me is that um, Almagro really, you know, this is a guy who has done almost entirely all of his success on clay courts. I think he's won multiple double-digit titles and reached almost 20 finals and not one of them has been away from clay but he is actually put up some better results I feel like lately in hardcore tournaments and he just beat Thomas Burdich the day before I believe which is a, a really strong win um, on any hard surface and then for Djokovic really you know all things considered I, I do think you really have to like how he's playing if you're a fan of his he just had the one loss to Murray and kind of a strange result against Andahar yesterday where he wins the first set six love and then gets taken to three but you know I don't think there's any really reason to complain about how he's playing yeah he um you know maybe he slacked off a little bit yesterday because he won the first set so easily and it looked like it looked like Andujar wasn't really going to challenge but Andujar is a guy who doesn't um you know he's a good competitor he gave Nadal a really good match at the French Open last year anybody who can do that can definitely play um, but Djokovic looks solid. You know, he he doesn't look. What's maybe more impressive is he doesn't look quite as sharp as he did last year. He hasn't this whole year, but he still has only one loss. So that kind of, I think that's a, actually a good sign for him that he doesn't always need, you know, his best game to beat some to be obviously beat really good players. Almagro, like you said is a clay clay court player. I mean, Indian Wells works for him because it's some of the slowest hard courts you're going to get anywhere. Um, I don't see him, you know, Djokovic is kind of a better, Djokovic is a, is a more consistent player with with just a more solid all-around game. He does, and he, Amagro will have to go for a lot in this match, and Amagro generally does, but, um, you know, I think the percentages will be against him. Right. Yeah, I think clearly, obviously, Djokovic is, you know, the undisputed favorite in this one. And, you know, if he wins that, he's going to get either Jill Simone or John Isner in the semis. Um, Isner is really the big the big story here, I think, in a lot of people's eyes where Murray was ousted early. And this draw has really set up very nicely for Isner to potentially make a semifinal here at Indian Wells. He, um, like I said, he's gotten, I think, a pretty favorable draw thus far, but you know the good players and Isner is very close to the top ten. He's almost gonna almost surely crack it after this. These ranks come out, but he's handled all of the opponents he's faced um, and not uh, you know not suffered an upset of his own really like Fish and Murray did. Um, and he's gonna get Simone, who the two recently played at the U.S. Open last year, and it was a score that you might typically expect from a, a match of these two. 7-6-3-6-7-6-7-6, and you could probably guess that Isner won all three of those tiebreakers there. Um, it's a, it's obviously a big contrast of styles. That was mentioned when Simone was playing yesterday against Harrison on TV. Um, that was a match you watched very closely. So, uh, 
what's your read on this match, your pick for it? Because I think a lot of people, you know, may may go with both guys on this one. Uh, yes, I think tiebreaker element could be big again. Um, Isner's the better, I think Isner's the better competitor. Simone got all the way to match point yesterday, and you can see you could see him. You know, the the moment kind of got to him. He started to chatter to his coach. He showed a lot of nerves, and he eventually basically blew that second set to Harrison and then came back and won the third. I think, you know, Simone is the better all-around player. This surface should should help him. Um, slower hard courts, though, Isner's shown that he's good on slow. He's, he's, he can play on clay as well. I think, I you know, I think Isner, I would pick Isner because of his, um, I think he's just a little tougher. You know, he doesn't have the all-around game Simone, not even not even close really, but he's got the serve obviously, and he's got he's got the um, I feel like he's got a certain confidence in in the, in the tight moments right now that I think will bring him through this. But but it should be a good, interesting, extreme contrast in styles. Yeah, and that should be a really good atmosphere. That's gonna be a night match too. I wonder if that really favors any of the player. It would be a huge Isner crowd, of course, because it's in the states. But uh, that's that's gonna be the really the the center of attention match. And you know, if Isner does win that, it we'll see kind of where this goes from him because, um, you know, I I think uh, a match with Novak Djokovic is which is certainly gonna be the uh, the litmus test of where he really is, of course. But that's. That's tonight's quarterfinal, and the two that will take place tomorrow on Friday, two very familiar matchups. One is Juan Martín del Potro against Roger Federer. This is the fourth time already in 2012 that they're going to be facing off. Um, I actually just checked the head-to-head on these two. Federer is now up 10-2, to I believe, um, against del Potro, just seemingly kind of every time he faces off with him, kind of enacting more revenge for that 2009 U.S. Open final loss. But Federer really has had almost no trouble with Del Potro since that year when he faced him in the French Open and at the U.S. Open final, of course. And, uh, you know, they're going to face off again here quarterfinals. So any reason to think otherwise against the green? Uh, yeah, he's, you know, Federer has definitely figured out Del Potro has found a way to to keep him from getting into a groove, he moves him around, doesn't let him hit the same shot twice. Um, but, and and probably the slow court. You know, I don't know who it favors exactly. Federer doesn't like these courts. He said they were too slow yesterday. Um, I think you, the one thing that's would favor Del Potro is that Federer has been sick. He he sort of scraped through his last two matches, six four in the third. He did it with some clutch servings and. Some clutch play. You wouldn't normally think that he would go to six four in the third against Tomas Bellucci, but he did. So I think that um, that element gives Del Potro some hope. Uh, and also, I feel like Del Potro, in the long run, he's going to beat Federer at some point. Um, it's not like he's doesn't have the ability to do that as he's shown. And I think he's very slowly getting back to where where you could say he he should be able to do that. He just hasn't. The matchup has just been bad lately. So, but so I think, I think Del Potro does have a shot here. The other one, I'm not sure whether where this is going to fall in terms of before or after the match is Nadal against David Nalbandian, and these two have quite a history as well. Both of these have both these two have been highly ranked players in the tour for a long time. Played a number of matches. Nalbandian actually has a few wins 
over Nadal. I think he's one of the few players who can say that he has multiple victories over him. Um, the current form, of course, is Nadal is the world number two. Um, he's looked very good after taking February off after the Australian Open final loss. Now, Bandian, he's still really down in the ranks because of his in- because of the past, because of the injuries. Uh, but the big thing to note with him is that he beat Sanga yesterday, which um, was an extremely surprising result. I don't know if that's another thing where you might want to chalk it up to the court. It kind of helps out and really took away from Sanga's game. But regardless of where that's played, that's a really um, surprising and strong result for Nelbany and a guy who never really seems to be totally counted out. He really always kind of surfaces occasionally and um he's gonna have to do it again obviously if he wants to beat Nadal yeah well one reason Nabandian won is that Sanga didn't close it was his you know hit sort of a um I don't know if I'd say a typical Sanga performance but he got to match point couldn't close it out and then was broken for to lose the set and then went down in the third um Nabandian's been playing some good tennis he likes he likes these scores he and Nadal had a great match here three years ago Nabandian had five match points and um one of Nadal's shots on one of those points uh, was a winner right on the line. So he, you know, Bannock, we, as, we, as you said, can definitely play against Rafa, but it hasn't been as true since then in the past few years. Um, we've seen these two match up, and we've you know, anticipated a great match, and Rafa's eventually, after maybe a set, it's kind of, it's kind of worn Nalbandian down, and, and, and Nadal is playing well here. He likes, he likes this place. He stays at Larry Ellison's house. He plays golf all the time. He, plays doubles um he seems pretty relaxed and generally likes these courts there's a, they're slow they're bouncing high in the in the hot weather if it's a day match i think you know i definitely think no bandian's in trouble now that match that you're talking about uh the five match points uh Nelbandian sounds like went on to lose that yeah no, uh, nadal won and he eventually won the tournament okay yeah and uh yeah i remember the last Last time those two played was also last year U.S. Open, and that was another one where it was a close first set, and then really kind of tailed off from that. So that's that has been the pattern for those two. Really, is um, you know Rafa just really prevailing in the end, of course, which he's very want to do. So um, that's the men's bracket where we have the women. I want to get to them. Their mat, their quarterfinals are wrapping up very shortly. So we really just I want to pay attention to Oz, Victoria Zarenka who yesterday just crushes um, Agnieszka Radwanska in a match that I thought had a lot of potential as well for a number of reasons, uh, but that just got out of hand extremely quickly. It was almost a double bagel, really, um, if you watch the end of it there. And so what she has really in her in the way of the title at this point, she's already in the semis. She's going to face Kerber, Anjali Kerber, who beat Lina last night in an, in an evening match. Um, very strong player that we've seen since her run to the semis of the U.S. Open last year. The others who could potentially um, meet up with with Azarenka if she makes the final, Bartoli Ivanovic, those two are facing off really really soon, and Karolinko and Sharapova. Um, of those players who I've mentioned, um, you know, what really do you, do you think are the big obstacles in front of Azarenka as she potentially backs up an Australian Open title among others with this big title. Yeah, I think Kerber, you know, I think um, I think she'll beat Kerber, who is a good player, but I think Azarenka, you know, in general form is another is at another level, especially after that Radwanska win. I mean maybe maybe you'd say she would have a little letdown after that because that was a special 
that was a special sort of revenge win over Radwanska for some of her recent comments about Azarenka. Um, but I think Azarenka will make the final. Of the others, Bartoli has been playing well, and she made the final here last year. Ivanovic has had, has had a sudden renaissance, beating um, Wozniacki easily. Uh, and then Maria Sharapova is a champion here, and she's also looked really good. I think, you know, as as good as the Ivanovich story is, and you, you'd sort of like to see her her run continue, and and as good, you know, as well as Bartoli seems to play here, I think, in general, you'd say Sharapova is the person who um, who Azarenka will probably face in the final. That doesn't mean that she poses the biggest problem for Azarenka because she just beat her really badly in the Australian Open final. Right. So right. we'll see. I think I do think you'd have to go with Maria to make that final, um, even if she's not, the, you know, potentially the biggest challenge for for Victoria. Yeah, she certainly has the easier quarterfinal too against Karolinko, who um, I think her run is going to stop today with that match. Bartoli Ivanovich, I know that's one that you're going to cover um, as well for the site. I, both of those two. Um, you know, I do have to say it would be sort of more intriguing um, against Azarenka based on what we've already seen Sharapova give give her in Melbourne. But um, we'll see how that turns out. But it is looking um, very similar to what happened last year for someone on the men's side for Azarenka at the moment. There's a long way to go, of course, but this is really um, just a fantastic run for her follow-up, and we'll see if she keeps it going. So... Um, Stay with us, follow up for reports from Indian Wells from Steve Tigner. He'll be out there today through the rest of the tournament. I'm Ed McGrogan. Thanks for listening to Tennis.com Podcast. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.